that was a long meeting. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Personnel and Public Employee Committee meeting. The meeting is now in order at three o'clock. Will the clerk please call the roll call? Thank you, Councilmember Lalowy. Here. Councilmember Maple. Here. Vice Chair Valenzuela. Here. Kaplan. Here. We have a quorum. Um, just as a little prep for members of the public in the chambers, if you wish to speak on an item and are not an applicant, which we don't have any applicants today, please fill out a speaker slip, which can be found at the back of the room. For the members of the public joining us online and you wish to speak, raise, do the raise your hand to provide public comment when the chair confirms that it is time for public comment speaking period on your desired item. Remember, online, click to raise your hand on the bottom of the screen. If you're on a mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option. And if you are on a telephone, and calling in, uh, please, to raise your hand, dial star nine. Then to unmute or, or mute, dial star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four digits of their phone numbers. Everybody will have two minutes to speak once you're called on. And so we're now moving forward with today's agenda. Councilwoman Valenzuela, I'd like to Provide it back to you to do our land acknowledgement and Pledge of Allegiance. Absolutely. Please rise for the opening acknowledgements in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands to the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, Putwin Wintun peoples, and the people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. And now please salute and pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you so much. Um, I'm really excited for today because I feel like we're moving forward on some things we've discussed for a long time. And we've also got some commission members who have been waiting to see us move forward on some of our pro promises. So uh, the first order of business today is approval of the consent calendar, which is only our minutes. Do I have a motion? So moved. Moved by Valenzuela. Second. Oh, I think Sean was before me. Seconded by Mr. Council Member Lolowe. Thank you so much. Do are we all in approval of eyes? Thumbs up. All right. If only life could be that easy with a with approving consent. Um, and I failed. Were there any anybody to speak on consent items? Were there any public comments for consent items? I have items? no hands raised or speaker slips for the consent calendar. Awesome, thank you so much. Now we are moving on to um, item two, which is the selection of the vice chair for 2023. Um, I would like to continue the trend of females being in charge with this committee uh, and feel that we should let some of our new colleagues learn about leadership. So Council Member Maple, would you be my left hand? 
I'm assuming that's a nomination. <laughs> I will happily accept your nomination. Uh, council members, are you good? Do we have a second? Second. Second by council member Lolowi. Uh, I made the Congrats. motion. But congratulations, Vice Chair Maple. I look Thank forward you. to working with you and teaching you all the ins and outs. Um, it's really process and procedure. So all thumbs up, we're good? Yes. All right, yes. item two, we are good. Welcome, Vice Chair Maple. Uh, now item three, we're moving on to what we have promised and discussed for a long time, is the discussion of the City of Sacramento Board Commission and Committee annual report process. Um, you know, I am, I think it's really important. While we have annual reports that come through our boards and commissions, I think we can now start working on taking it to the next level. And we'll see that in item four as we look at the annual report and the, um, the, the work plan. One of the things that I would love for consideration um, as we go through this, which for members of the public or those, uh, you can go online to our boards and agendas. There's, there's written discussion of what we're looking at here of what is the, the annual report um, and how should it come forward. I think it was pretty comprehensive, but what I'd love to hear is starting the conversation what are some ideas that my fellow council members, committee members have on this? So I would love that, because it's one of those things, I think we need to hear everybody's opinion as we're pushing through and noodling um, and creating sausage, because this is the first time we've really had a formal, formal discussion on this. So I will turn it over to council member Valenzuela on uh, your thoughts. Thank you. For some of us, I think this is the fifth time we're talking about this. I was trying to go back through my notes, like how many times did we talk about this last year, Sean? I forgot. Um, anyways, we talked about this a lot, um, but I had some thoughts because I really appreciated, um, Madam Clerk, your summary of the new policy procedures because we did get a lot of those in. Um, one of the big questions we've gotten from the committees, which is something to just mull, is just timeline for response. You know, they send something to us. What is sort of the expectation for staff feedback? What is the expectation for agendizing this at PMPE? I was really glad to see that there was a clear provision for providing comments on other items outside of the process because that comes up and that was, I know, a question that something had come up with our disability advisory committee that was super timely. It was something on our agenda and they were trying to figure out, like, how do we get those comments to the council? And I was like, send a public comment letter. Like, I don't know, <laughs> like, send it to the public comment portal. But, like, it would make sense that the commissions had a, an avenue to know and hopefully with our policy procedure in general, there being stuff's being brought to them before it comes to council. Mindy's nodding, I love it. Cause then, you know, it's like, oh, this is something that applies to disability commission or to measure you or to youth. We're gonna take it to you before we take it to the council or to whatever committee. So hopefully there's not so much of a surprise and it's already part of the process, but I could imagine that. So I'm glad that that's allowed. Um, sorry, I'm looking through my notes to remember what else I was asking for. Um, I think the other technical issue here is um, making sure that it's not agendized as a consent item, but as a discussion item um, is something that I've heard pretty regularly. Like if it comes, once we send something to council, is it something that they can expect, you know, to have council discussion on and can they present, you know, part of their findings or is it just staff for the commission? These are just questions that have come up that, you know, are, are fair and warranted and then 
I think the final thing is how do we keep track? And I know I saw this in the next item for the police commission's recommendations, but some of the stuff we have done, um, which is great, and I feel like we should have some sort of way to keep track of look at this cool thing we did with the, based on this commission's recommendation. Otherwise, the community doesn't really understand what role the commissions have in informing policy and how that has been received. So that was a lot of things. I'm a little scattered, but um, no, those are my initial comments. Those are, those are great. So thank you so much for that. Um, uh, Council Member Vice Chair Maple. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Um, and I just want to start out by thanking our wonderful city clerk um, because I know I know a lot of work has gone into this. I know this is and and this the the, for, the previous iteration of this committee before I was on it. I know um, this has been a long process and a lot of discussion. And um, one thing I'm really that's really important to me is having equity among the commissions, so that all the commissions um, have the same staffing support, for example, that have the same rules around who's creating the staff reports. Um, and I, you know, I know we've had some some one-off conversations, but I'd be really interested in making sure that um, no matter who, which commission it is, that we have the proper supports for them. Because I know it's really challenging for people who are already like working jobs and have kids, and they come here to serve their time for the city of Sacramento and give their input, um, and maybe don't necessarily have the time to write up a full staff report or something. So. I just want equity, no matter what the commission is. Um, and I know that was also stated um, in one of our meetings that there also might be commissions that aren't as active as they used to be. So I think it might make a lot of sense for us to take a look at some point in the future. What are all commissions? Are we actually um, utilizing all of them to the extent that we can? Are there some that still make sense to have around? Are there ones that we want to see um, that maybe take a lesser role over time, depending on what their issue areas are, all of that. So those are kind of my, my, my brief overarching comments, but I'm excited to see this move forward. Why, thank you. <laughs> thank you. So um, one of the things that I'm hoping we can create over the next several years is a best process, best practices process that I see several cities have already implemented because I like to see on our website, when we talk about boards and commissions, maybe there's one tab that has all the annual reports. So whoever's looking for it, it isn't necessarily hunting in each commission to find it, but having an actual city website tab that talks about an annual report. Um, one of the things I would love to see um, because it's a little bit of a, is a twofer, is our annual report. Um, in it, I'd like us to also, um, when they start coming, because I know this is going to take a while, but one of the things best practices is I'm always about data. So things that our boards and commissions have worked on, um, how much staff time has gone into things. So we can start looking at it, where is staff putting their time on boards and commissions? And then as well, asking for that on the work plan because it could be something comes forward and we ask staff and they're like oh I need to hire a complete other person and what I'd like to be able to do is how do we then have those conversations with our boards and commissions because maybe we can narrow it down so it fits within it but it's still addressing you know if um, you know let's just see the ABC committee says you know they're only supposed to work on ABC but they're like oh I got to work on item Z and we know that's not in the scope we can have that discussion so where I'd like to see you know um, annual reports talk about it and I'd love to get here is where we talk about 
each board and commission has a mission. Each board and commission has talked about what their vision is. And also included in the annual report is what their scope is. Because I think we also have to, when you talk about it, Council Member Valenzuela, of educating the public, I think annual reports are a great way to kind of set the stage of what do boards and commissions do? And what is, why, how is their work valid? So when reports and annual reports and work plans come to us, we as council members can see, oh, it's aligned. Oh, they're going back to the scope. You know, who are the board members? Who's the responsible staff? But included also so that we can start establishing how much staff timeline is being spent um, on something as well as, um, because we have to be realistic on staff time and resources. And I think it creates a, a transparency as to whether something can, can or cannot be accomplished. Uh, one of the other things I, I hope that you guys would like is we talk about conversations and bringing back items and there is a process in our rules and procedures if things change on a work plan to come back to PP&E, but I would love midway through that we have staff for our boards and commissions to come just give us an oral report because that also highlights what's going on, transparency, as well as if, if something has happened to potentially change the scope of their work plan or what they're working on, it opens up that dialogue, but it also is providing a, a known process of coming back so it isn't like we only hear from them once a year, but we hear from them um, normal. And then um, what I would love when work plans come to us, because I think what's really important is if there's 10 things like on your priority list, but we know looking at staff time, maybe only the top three are priorities, that they put them in order. What are our priorities? One through 10. So it's prioritized and staff can say, okay, we can support you in this year, one through three but let's say it gets finished really early, then we already know you can move on to four and five because we're working on things in priority versus them saying this is our work plan. I think it helps with the dialogue and staff timing and allocation. If we know kind of what's a priority, what would they like to work on first? Um, and I think that just creates a, sem a symptom of, of we can focus on things, staff knows, there's more communication. Um, but I would love um, your thought process uh, and some of those recommendations. Uh. <laughs> so my name doesn't even go on that thing. But um, uh, thank you very much. Um, for exactly what you're saying. I, I, like, I like to see this whole process to be a lot more efficient and so we can achieve things. So maybe one of the things could be that we could have certain guidelines for these commissions to say, you know, 10 things we can handle this year. Pick them and let's talk about them. Rather than coming up with 150 items and on, it, it, it's just impossible. So um, I think giving some directions to the commissions as well to let them know that not, it's not a wish list. It's things that need to be put on so we can have a discussion and either say yes or no so we can move on to the next thing. Um, that's something that I think we could, uh, 
probably use to to kind of give a better direction to the commissions because I, I know uh, some of the the commissions they're they're very frustrated, um, and the goal is take that frustration away from this. But it have to be it has to be kind of reasonable at the same time. So that's my only thought to kind of have the, this communication with them to become more efficient so they can come, we can hear and pass it on rather than, you know, just talking to us and going, well, there's no way we get to this for another five years. So thank you very much for an hour of your time. Thank you. Yeah, I think this is a little, that's a little related to something that I was going to talk about because I, I'm glad, like I said, that we have a little bit of flexibility, something comes up, you know, like military equipment use policy is a great example. We just talked about this and, you know, commission might be like, oh my gosh, well, we want to agendize this at our next meeting because it's timely, it's coming. Um, so that having that flexibility, I think, will hopefully prohibit somebody from feeling like they have to put everything into an annual plan because they'll be like, oh, okay, if something comes up, we can submit this to PMPE and say, hey, we know this is outside of our plan, but we'd like to send this to council. We've got something going on. Which then brings the question, though, of like agendas at the commissions, because I think there's there's a tension, because I agree with what you're saying, um, Chair Kaplan, in terms of we want to be realistic with our staff time and expectations with also, well, we, what if they need to agendize something that wasn't a part of the annual plan and how does that process work um, so that they feel that there's some timely ability for them to say, yeah, we know this is outside of our process, but we really feel like we need to talk about it with staff justifiably saying well, we weren't really planning on talking about this and that push-pull tension can become really well. And I'm just using that example because I know it happened fairly recently, but I think that's something I'd like to talk about. And then I know when it came, comes to meeting schedules, because this came up, as, as our clerk knows, at the beginning of the year with the Measure U Committee because we had staffing challenges. And, and I think if we're going to cancel meetings, that would also add a sort of layer because if they were planning on doing something at a meeting and then it gets canceled and they're like, well, crap, now we aren't going to do this for another month or two. So I guess I want to think through in terms of staffing, what's our backup plan too? You know, how do we, like, is that resources for the clerk's office? What does that look like to make sure that there are, that we don't need and if they need more frequent meetings or something's happening and we feel like we can staff that so that they can get the work done because I'd rather more happen at this commission level just like we talk about committee level so that they can really talk things out and get feedback and go back and forth and then when something comes to us it feels more fully baked and isn't just people submitting public comments through the portal because they're like gosh I didn't get a chance to talk to my colleagues and so here's my two cents you know so I think um, a lot of what you're talking about because this is new and was kind of in our council rules and procedures that there is a little bit of a process that has already been created now it's how do we test it and make it work which I will always ask people for a little bit of grace because this will be a little bumpy, but um, from what I understand in the process is we approve a work plan. They work on it. Something happens that becomes a priority. I think first they need to reach out to the clerk um, who will then discuss it with me of we'd like to add this item in. Um, I'll want to then reach out to whoever's staffing it. How is this? And then have it, like it could be if it's, if it's uh, a an issue, it can come up and be a discussion item. At, I can't guarantee you it'll be like the next one. If it's something that is not timely, like we need a little time. If, but if it is an emergency, if it is uh, something that's emerging right away, have it get on the agenda for discussion. And then maybe we work with the commission of, we okay, if this is what you want to do, maybe we have to reprioritize your work plan. Um, because in government, nothing moves as fast as we want it to. 
but I think it's also important to lay a framework of timelines and procedures, knowing that we as a council can always waive those. We have that ability. Like if we're all in agreement that this is a priority to move forward and do that. But also it, we do need to keep within the process that we said it would have to come back to us um, and, and push it through because also we can call a special meeting. Um, and I think it's just how do we increase the transparency and discussion timeline? You know, if for whatever reason staff is sick and a border commission has to be canceled because whoever was going to staff it and there's nobody else to replace them. Um, I think it's a good discussion of, you know, can they have another meeting or in their work plan? Like while we got rid of ad hoc committees, in each work plan, um, committees need to come with us to the subcommittees they want to create. So subcommittees can handle a lot of that. So if something is canceled, have subcommittees come and do the work that may be able to then, you know, have that, have that discussion and, and bring it up. So I see within our rules flexibility if that helps, you know, provide because like, I, I don't want to be so rigid because nothing ever works, but there has to be a, a boundaries. No, I appreciate that because you'll recall that at the beginning of your chairship, I mean, it was just that delay at the beginning of the year because we also didn't have law and ledge. And so you had a lot of commissions who were kind of like, okay, well, I'm supposed to come to PNPE when I have a request and you all aren't meeting this month. And it was like, okay, that's fair. You know, <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah. I get it. Um, there's a real, so I appreciate your flexibility, Chair, and being willing to be that point person with the clerk to agendize things based on the timeliness that this is coming up right away. That there's, because I, I, you know, know that all of us wouldn't want to impede the work if there was an easy ask that said, oh, yeah, no, we want, we want you to look at this. That makes sense or you need the subcommittee for this that makes sense because something's going on that's more timely because I, also, I appreciate that I look at it in the flip what if there's a council priority we then need to have an ability to to come back and say planning uh, parks we're building a stadium in one of our parks that comes a reality we need to be able to call that back and make put that on as a priority because that's a council priority so it allows I see it as a benefit um, to both of us Council Member Lalali. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. I, I, I do agree with you. Um, I also believe that, you know, if there's so many meetings that the, that the commissions have, obviously that's verified with uh, the, uh, Madam Clerk ahead of time. Maybe we can also let the, the commissions have two or three what we call emergency meetings so they can coordinate with um, um, the clerk you know there has to be some kind of a guideline I don't want to have like every week there's an emergency item that we got to talk about but if we can create some kind of boundaries that you know the the Commission knows exactly what their limits are and hey we, you get to have you know three two I mean I'm just thinking out loud of emergency meetings um, and that's it you know we can't go beyond that because again we have the staff you know the staffing issue and what have you so I just wanted to throw that out there as well to give give a little bit of a you know a little bit of room to the to the commissions that if they need to see us in an emergency we can get it 
I think that's really valid. Um, you know, I know I'm asking my fellow committee members to, to trust me a little bit that if uh, Madam Clark comes to me and says, okay, there's actually a timely item and it could be related to what we're doing on the city council and I think it would be appropriate or they've requested and here's why it's appropriate for an emergency one, but it really with the basis of we look at like, timeliness of council items, what's coming to us, that that should always be okay of figuring out within their schedule of how we can do emergency meetings without saying you can have zero or you can have three, but discuss it back and forth of is this, why is it a priority? I'll always look, I'll always ask, what is that emergency? Why is it a priority? Um, you know, what's the timeliness? Is there another item on the on the council agenda that's coming to us that we actually need to have, you know, a, a border commission input on this? If, does, if, does that sound appropriate, Madam Clerk? Absolutely, we can always call in, it's called a special meeting, and I think you guys did a great job last month. And we had two special meetings of this committee um, to make sure that we were doing interviews and appointments um, quickly, and so um, I think that you guys have been proven to be flexible in creating special meetings and if a commission is has time sensitive we always try to accommodate any special meetings because I I know a couple new ones that we potentially have to create that might have to have a, a couple of special meetings um, as as we as we set up but I want to pause for just a second because I saw that uh, madam clerk uh, we potentially have a public comment on this item um, I have three public comments um, four First one is Keon Bliss here in Chambers, and then I have a couple online. All right, let's go to some public comments before we, we take the next steps. Greetings, PMP committee. I uh, appreciate the time. My name is Keon Bliss. I'm a member of one of your advisory bodies of the Police Review Commission. And I wanted to just add a little bit of context in this conversation because I, I really do appreciate um, the flexibility and uh, thoughtful considerations that you all are having in terms of like how we set our annual work priorities and projects for the year ahead. Um, one of the key concerns that came up for me uh, regarding the military equipment discussion that we had earlier this month um, was just around how it was, like how the work plans when we initially began uh, like negotiating them uh, were framed to us being more akin to a memorandum of understanding where it allowed us flexibility um, what, like to conduct, like to do the work that we had uh, intended to do for the year ahead uh, without necessarily, like, while also giving the city a schedule uh, for which to follow on. Um, and like, you know, for when it comes to inquiries and like materials requests and such. Um, we didn't know until this month that that was actually uh, that we were mis like we were not informed correctly. It was actually binding policy, and that we do need to include it, and it needs your approval directly. And that, to me, and to members of our uh, to my commission, uh, were particularly concerning because it b essentially makes um, you all for better or worse, um, the, the gatekeeper, so to speak, before we can begin our year's work ahead. I'm hoping that that's not that doesn't end up being the case, and I'm uh, and doesn't sound like that's going to be. But um, one of the things I just wanted to like emphasize, you know, is is that um, that's one of the questions I'm hoping that we can get clarity on, as well as just to note that when it came to our previous. Uh, uh, format where we had ad hoc committees, we actually didn't require staff support. We, like, we were able to meet um, outside of public meetings um, with like, you know, and then make the request uh, from staff Thank during those comments. meetings. So, Thank you for your comments. Your time is complete. Just to say, like, just want to give that a 
Our next speaker is Megan Fidel. Hi, I'm Megan Fidel. I am the chair of the Utilities Rate Advisory Commission. I am um, really looking forward to participating in an annual report process um, because I actually think that my commission is substantially underutilized. We um, often have short agendas and, or we, our meetings are canceled frequently. And considering that you guys have put so much expertise on our commission, I, I, I do think that we could do more and better work for you. I have um, actually had some difficulty getting more work agendized um, and and have and have been waiting, in fact, for us to meet again. Um, it's not clear to me how to generate these annual reports. Um, I haven't heard from the city on that either. I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing that. Um, I, I guess I would just like to say that we would like to do more, and we hope that the annual reports can be a venue for us to do that. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is Marjorie Dickinson. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> thank you for the opportunity to comment on the proposal to more clearly define roles, relationships, and processes related to city <clears throat> advisory bodies. And thank you for the thoughtful discussion you've already had. It reflects many of the um, items the committee I serve on uh, has, has raised. Again, I serve as a member of the Measure U Advisory Committee, and while my comments are informed by this role, I am speaking today as an individual and not on behalf of the committee. As you probably know, the Measure U Advisory Committee is charged with, among other things, making recommendations on revenues and expenditures of Measure U funds. In order for these recommendations to be timely and meaningful, they should be available to both the Budget and Audit Committee and the Council as early as possible during consideration of the City Budget. Um, because the Measure U Committee is unable to begin development of recommendations until the proposed budget is available from staff in the spring of each year, and because um, the Measure U Committee meets only monthly, the proposal you're considering to add another level of review um, of committee recommendations by P and PE is likely to make it impossible for the committee to fulfill its, rec its role of making recommendations um, on the budget um, before the council actually adopts the budget. Um, I don't believe this um, likely outcome is, is intentional, um, and nor is it consistent with the council's original intent for Measure U committee or committee expectations regarding the committee's oversight role. Um, so I urge you to reconsider this aspect of the recommendation um, and work with the Measure U Committee to find a way that it can be uh, positioned to make timely budget recommendations. Also, thank you I'd for your comments. Your time is complete. Next speaker is Graciela Castillo Krings. Hi, thank you so much, Madam Chair and Council Members. I really appreciate the fact that we are setting up a standardized process that is going to create accountability and help both the commission and the council members manage the resources that the city has. At the same time, I think it is critically important to create a flexible process that allows commissions to respond in real time for, to items that come up in the city. At the end of the day, I think it's important for us to have a standardized process. However, at the beginning of the year, we can never anticipate what might happen. 
And I think that is true, especially coming out of COVID, things can happen very quickly. And I think as the commissions are created to voice concerns in the community, elevate issues, it is important to have a clear process that allows for us to respond in real time to issues that are impacting our city. So I really appreciate that. And once I, I think uh, I understand that it's going to be a little bumpy um, and really look forward to engaging more fully. But once we have a process, making sure that all commissions are have a clear guidance as to how that is going to operate, what and how we can operate when emergency situations occur will be important for us to kind of reduce you know, level of tension, reduce miscommunication. And I can tell you that, at least for the, the police commission, we really want to work with you closely and make sure that we understand the rules and we then can go ahead and operate within them. So thank you so much. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is Marbea Sala. Marbea, if you'll unmute. Marbea Sala, if you'll unmute. Yes, sorry. <laughs> um, thank you, this is Marbea, and I am also on the Measure U as um, representing District 3, but um, I, I'm just going to reiterate with, what um, Member Dickinson already spoke to. And I also appreciate the discussion is very helpful. But I, I do want to stress and emphasize that a Measure U is predominantly um, a financial committee, a budget committee. And in the past, we would always go to budget and audit, present our recommendations and have a very meaningful discussion. And in, in alignment with um, Member Dickinson, um, it will slow down our process. And we're already in March. Budget process is already going to start. And, and to delay it further to go to an, to an additional review before going forward to the council um, will be problematic. So I'm hoping that you will reconsider that. And since we are a budget committee predominantly, that we would, be, we would bypass going to P and PE and just go directly budget audit. And then the last thing is we have three subcommittees that are still waiting to be approved and we cannot do our work and it's budget it's community um, engagement and uh, oh, I'm slipping on the other one that, oh, the participatory budgeting. It, they're all three critically important um, subcommittees and we can't go forward to do our work until they get approved. So I ask you to, to expedite that approval process and also reconsider the possibility of having ad hoc committees um, back into the process. Last night we were there till 9.30 and we weren't even discussing serious issues. We were just reconvening after being absent for three months. So I can imagine when we have to do most of our work at a, a regular um, commission meeting. So thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for your comments. Chair, I have no more speakers on this item. Thank you so much for that. Um, I'm hoping I can try and answer uh, some of the some of the questions that were brought up. I think what's important is that when the annual work plan really looks at what the scope, like why was a committee created? Um, all of these have been council created because I think Vice Chair uh, Maple, you brought up a great idea. Like why do some committees only meet once a year? What's the purpose of that year? Uh, or that meeting for once a year, or do, should some go dormant because it's really an every other year item? Uh, so I think that's a that's a next step 
uh, a little bit later, but as we review what is, but I think when we go back to what the work plan, I think when a work plan is submitted, what was their charter? What was the scope of what was set forth that the council approved for them to work on? So while um, there might be some boards of commissions that want to do more, if it's not in alignment with their original charter, that's a bigger discussion that then we need to have, but I am not really supportive of going outside of what the intended scope was because I think that then crosses the line that we actually need council approval. Um, or whether it was voter approved. We really have to stick with, because Measure U, um, voter approved. So we've got to stick with the timeline. I'm not um, in support of, of waiving coming to PP&E. I'm in support of if there's timeliness issues, then I'm willing to call a special meeting for us to meet. But I also think with Measure U, it has a slightly different scope than some others that is very budget intense. So whether we look at their meetings of maybe they are meeting twice a month during this timeline because that we have the voters set forth and how do we meet that? And while normally maybe they're meeting once a year, but I know Measure U, we were just getting up and it was bumpy and they're figuring out the process. But the timeliness of their feedback I think may require them potentially meeting twice a month because I was listening in last night because what they do is really important. And I think, you know, the voters charged us, charged them for giving us feedback. So how do we create that flexibility? Because in reality with Measure U, their work plan is what the voters approved. So I don't see it being much more beyond what the voters approved because also what was required in the work plan is they have to say what subcommittees they want so that they can start working on them. But it was council approved, so I don't know we can reconsider the ad hoc unless it comes forward to council. Um, that was just created. I don't necessarily want to go back and um, have that discussion, but I am supportive of subcommittees if they want to have those conversations because then it makes it transparent. Then it's required within the Brown Act the same people meet there and, and they can set up and do their work. They just have to work with the clerk's office to make sure that it is transparent because as much as we are required for transparency, I think it should be the same required of our boards and commissions uh, of that level of transparency. Uh, Council Member Valenzuela. Yeah, and I think the Measure U Committee is a great example because there's a certain rhythm there that like we know they're submitting their work plan. They're like, draft budget docs are going to come out. We're going to need to be able to meet and get recommendations to the council at a certain timeline and can plan for that. And if there's a PNP meeting in that window, great. If there isn't, we'll, we'll schedule one, right, is what I'm hearing you say is basically like if this needs to happen, then that – I think should be an explicit part of what the committees are bringing to us so that we know, okay, the rate increases might change. You know, like different committees are going to have very specific things. I do think it's an interesting conversation about like scope because like the UAC is a great example. Um, you know, they wanted to weigh in on, as an example, um, we want, we're talking about water for unhoused people. And so like sometimes people will go to people's houses or to businesses where they're not really supposed to be getting water, but they're looking for drinking water. So we had this idea of, well, how much would it cost to retrofit our park? fountains to be able for people to have spigots so that they can access. So we were talking about that and the UAC reached out and said, 
hey, that's something we're interested in. It might be a use of rate payer funding. It might not. We're not sure. But, like, we'd love to be in the loop on that. And it was kind of like, no, that's outside their scope. So there could be opportunities, I think, where maybe the question is posed back to council. If it's not something like Andrew you where it's in, you know, voters voted on this, that's not changing. Say, hey, you know, this is a question that's come up. What do you think? Um, because if we want them to weigh in, you know, I think there's some, like you said, flexibility on all sides to be like, we want to be transparent. We also want to be flexible because this is a new process to say, you know what, that's a good point. And we don't really have a community, community group that's going to weigh in on this. So, like, will this have a positive impact on rates? Because now we're not having to go out and repair spigots that somebody used that they weren't supposed to. I don't know. Um, and maybe that's something that they'd have, you know, a really good impact on. And that would be really fascinating. So, yeah, I, I appreciate what you're saying, Chair, in terms of, I, but I do also want to address that, like, yeah, I, I like that sense of, um, I won't say impatience because it's not without warrant on something like the Measure U and saying like, hey, we have these subcommittees, we want to get started. And I'd love to maybe hear from you before we adjourn today just about what you're thinking in terms of timing moving forward for the rest of the committees. I know we still have our police commission stuff to go through, um, but that's one that I know has brought, been brought to me a couple times, like, hey, are we going to get these subcommittees in time because the budget season's starting soon, which is fair. It, and, and I appreciate that. And then it goes, goes back to like, we now have set up a process. I get we're March in starting this. Now it's our boards and commissions. We'll start thinking about, okay, we got 2023. What do we want to do for 2024? So we know that our January, maybe we have special meetings for PP&E to, to go over the work plan so that people can get started right away. That's where this is the in-between of creating a process that is clunky. You know, there's there's nothing, but how do we do that? But like with Measure U specifically, I mean, I see all four of us nodding on if they get us a work plan, like getting started, you know, or calling just a special committee meeting to, to, to look at that. We've done it before. You know, we look at it, do our homework. Um, and Measure U is kind of easy because their scope's laid out. But I think it's important in a bigger discussion because I've seen in really good annual reports, all of them have the mission, the vision, and the scope of the Border Commission. And, and I think that helps set the stage. If we have to relook at the scope of each one of them, that's the discussion I would like to. That's why I say probably where we need to get our annual reports isn't going to happen this year, but it's going to be a longer discussion as we look at why do we have this board? Why do we have this commission? What is their charge? Is the charge still relevant today? Because it could have been created 10 years ago and maybe it needs to morph into something else. But I mean, I see that kind of as the larger uh, scope. But I'll always say every single one of our boards and commissions have members. If members have ideas, they can always submit public comment to city council. There is never a time that I don't want to hear individual members so there's always if it's not quite clearly laid out always know that they can they can submit that so um i think we kind of understand where we're going um on our our, our annual reports and our work plan i think we'll start tweaking it and i'll bring this back for kind of a more clarity discussion item uh if, you know if we've got uh written down approval, but um, do my fellow committee members, are they okay with kind of the process of the format we've started setting up right now and the direction that we're going? Okay. Yes. Awesome. Madam Clerk, do you need anything? 
No, thank you. That's been a great conversation, and I completely support you. I was making some notes with talking about Major U. We really need to be strategic about their calendars because Major U might have two meetings a month in, in spring, but they don't need to have fall meetings. Um, and then if URAC has um, rates increases, they need to meet monthly. But if there aren't increases, maybe that's a quarterly meeting to keep them educated and so that when those increases come next time. Um, and by balancing those priorities, um, we will be able to accommodate. One thing we always say is that we've got 26 boards, commissions, and committees. And this chambers is busy every single night of the week. Um, and so if we can balance the commissions based on their scope, um, maybe we can you know, make that puzzle work. Well, and I think maybe as we look at, as we grow into the work plan, what is their potential schedule? That, like, that's the next step I start seeing in work plans so that we see, because Measure U is like, yeah, when we're doing budget, we're meeting all the time. They may have to meet, you know, two times in April, May, and June. So, but again, um, you know, hoping to do that. Yes, council member. Valenzuela. Yeah, no, you, you just read my mind here. I was gonna be like, they should submit a meetings, a proposed schedule, like not, uh, more than just frequency of like, here's when we'd like to meet based on what we think we know. And then we can discuss that. And if they're saying we wanna meet every week and Mindy's like, that is logistically impossible, then we can have a conversation about subcommittees. And so I'm hoping the discussion here at, at our commission when they bring that forward can be that problem solving approach of like, okay, if you feel like you need 25 meetings in a year and the clerk's office is like, oh my gosh, there's just no way that's gonna be real. Um, then we can problem solve, okay, is it a subcommittee? Is it this, is, is there some additional whatever we need to be doing to facilitate that vision or that need you're seeing? Because obviously my thing is always, you know, these are community members, they volunteer. I know it's hard to say, we're gonna cover 800 topics in a year, but like, my goodness, if they wanna spend their volunteer time analyzing every single, I mean, I, I'm hesitant to say no, but I am respectful of just the logistics of staff managing that, so. Thank you. Absolutely. And that could be explicitly a part of the wor <laughs> annual work plan is like, when do you anticipate wanting meetings, right? We could get down to months and frequency and be like, like you said. And I appreciate partnering with this committee um, because as we talk about at the council level, strategic planning and prioritizing you know, work plans. And so what, what are the priorities of the city council and this committee um, for our commissions to for them to fulfill that work. Awesome, Council Member Lolo. Yeah, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I completely agree with you, and I'm very appreciative of <clears throat> your leadership to kind of put this on the right path. Um, I'm going to go back to my original statement that some of these committees, like Measure U, um, you're right. Maybe throughout the year they don't need to meet, but in April they not, they need to meet three times. I think we can create some kind of a calendar for, for them to know, hey, where, what's going on, what the timing is, so they kind of can pick to give them some guide, uh, guidelines. So that way, you know, Madam Clerk, you have a better idea of, okay, here, here's the, where Measure U comes in with X amount of meetings, you know, and then we're pretty much done or it can be every other month for their meetings. And that's a direction that I think it would be nice to give to all the uh, and commissions out there as far as, you know, here's what's happening. This is what we recommend. Do you agree? You're not, you don't agree. So we can make that into some kind of a guideline and move forward. Thank you. Thank you, member, council member. I think we're really clear on if possible, because at least with Measure U, I have ultimate faith in Chairwoman uh, Dickinson to, to know that and work with the city on scheduling that based off of, of need. Um, so I think it's, it's that's where we have to create boundaries 
with some flexibility. You know, I'm a mom, so I always bring in, you know, when my kids were toddlers, provide them those boundaries, but let them bounce within the middle of those boundaries, um, I think will help us creating strategic rules and procedures, but also help our boards and commissions to understand the steps and how to, to do that next item. I know we're running a little tight, so are we good to move on to item four? Because this is the first time we're actually moving on to, uh, to approving a, a work plan. Um, as we move into this item, uh, I'd like the clerk to kind of present it, but I want to just lay a little bit of groundwork be, before we do that. Um, I hope it's okay with um, my fellow committee staff. I would like for us to vote on just the work plan today because I think with the recommendations from 2022, um, I uh, have asked uh, the city clerk to work with our city manager and police department. Um, and then I'd like our police commission on those. We, one, there might be things we've already done. Two, there might be things that legally we, we can't do. Um, but I also want to hear about priorities. So amongst those, what are the ones that are priorities for them? Um, and how do we take all the recommendations from the ad hocs so that we hear one staff is saying, this is already done, or we, this is state law that we can't change, um, and come back and look at so that we can then start prioritizing what's coming to law and ledge, budget, to then come to city council so that we can get started on it. Because I don't want to say, like I could look at it and say, item five we should do. But they're like, that's the last one I want to work on. So I would like to empower our police commission to tell us amongst all of the recommendations they have, which ones are priority that we can start ferreting out so that it comes to law and ledge and your committee or comes to budget and we start having that, that conversation. But today I'd like to really focus on their, their, their work plan and approving it so that they can start moving forward. Vice Chair? Former vice chair. Yeah, we you put that in there. It's okay. Vice chair emeritus. Thank you. Um, Ladies in charge. <laughs> so um, I actually really appreciate that suggestion because a lot of my comments on these recommendations were that I wish that column for staff input had been filled in. Um, and I know we talked about this. Gosh, was it 2011 the last time we agendized police commission records? I was trying, or 2021, I was trying to remember the year. Like, Whoa, you're going No, back 2011, sorry, I, I mixed it up. <laughs> 2021, I think, was the last time we agendized, and there was this chart that came to council that said, like, here's what SPD thinks, here's what the city attorney thinks. And, I, and we, our comments at that time were, gosh, it would be really helpful for the commission to get that feedback, because that might shift their priorities or their recommendations, right? They may say, oh my gosh, I didn't know you were already doing that, or hey, I didn't think that that was violating some law and we're gonna tweak it this way because we weren't aware of that. But that iterativeness that I would love to happen at the commission level, um, not to say that I don't want these to come and get agendized, but that was a request we made a, two years ago, I guess, the last time that the um, commission records got agendized at council. And so I was going to suggest, actually, that I would love to have this go back so that the commission, because it's not even just them giving us input, it's that the commission gets a chance to see that input and make adjustments to their recommendations based on that input and then bring us something that they feel pretty confident. Okay, we know what SPD says. We know what they said. This is our, like, we're taking this off or we're putting this on or we're adjusting this based on that feedback so that we're doing a little less of that during the council meetings which is kind of what happened last time, and I think we could do a little better. So that's my additional, like, yes, I want that feedback for us, but I also would love the commission 
maybe at next month's meeting or the month after, like not too far out, to be able to see that feedback too. And it might change their priorities based on what they hear. And I think that's important. I love that we're in alignment without having talking about it. Yes, <laughs> um, so Madam Clerk, can you kind of present uh, the work plan? And then I'd like to turn it over. I think uh, Chair uh, Castillo-King is online to give her a couple of minutes about her, the commission thought process for the work plan. Yeah, definitely. The, so the, we're talking about the, the annual report for 2023. So in February, the commission adopted this report and asked that it be moved forward to the, to the council. Um, they did work collaboratively with the mayor's office um, to put it, priorities in that work plan and some timelines. Um, and so I will turn it over to the chair who's online with us um, to talk about the thought processes and why the items on that work plan um, are there. Cool. Awesome. Sure. Great. Well, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to talk. Graciela Castillo-Krings here, the chair of the Sacramento Community Police Review Commission. And as you all know, the commission has been tasked with really elevating and providing um, an opportunity for the community to participate and also for the commission to be able to review the police department policies, practices, and procedures, and making sure that there is additional accountability from a community perspective. Um, at the end of last year, especially because of the frustration with how the, uh, many of the recommendations we are still working on, we're not moving forward to the council. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that city council and the mayor asked us to do is to really prioritize and look at some of the items that we wanted to work on, prioritize that, and through this process that we are all kind of working on, establish how we were going to focus and make sure that we were also allowing additional accountability on the police department side to when we actually asked for uh, information that would be relayed to us, that it was also keeping in mind the resources that they had. So by prioritizing and focusing on the items that, that we would work on annually, we would really make sure that we were noticing the council, noticing the mayor, but also noticing TPD, kind of the expectations that the commission had. And if we had approval by PP&E, then it would hold both of us accountable. So that is kind of the, my understanding of how the work plan is supposed to work. And again, this also kind of highlights that when items come up because of an emergency or issues that are coming up that were not foreseen at the beginning of the year, that we would work with PP&E and the council to ensure that those items were being brought up and that were also addressed in a timely manner. But um, having said that, a couple of items that we are prioritizing for this upcoming year would be Two items. The first one is the use of force and military equipment policy. And the reason we are prioritizing that for this upcoming year is under state law, P, um, PD is supposed to come to the council annually to have their policy approved before they can actually acquire or use any funding for military equipment. My understanding and the commission's understanding is that the police chief is hoping to bring that item back with the, with the budget timeline, which would be in July, so the expectation of the commission is to be able to allow for community participation that can inform the policy before the actual item comes up to the city council. So that would be part of the first part of the year. The second part of the year, the commission would then focus on a couple of items that have been coming up. And this is what we are calling SPD accountability and organizational culture. One of the things that I've had an opportunity to talk to the chief about has been kind of the, what I'm just gonna call shorthand public service and how customer service and how people in the community feel. There have been a lot of complaints that have filed with OPSA 
and that has been highlighted in the report. Some of them are substantiated, some of them have not been. However, I think it indicates that the community does not feel that they're getting the best customer service from the police department. That is something that the chief has brought up. It's something that I think it's a very important to the commission because at the end of the day, if somebody is having a bad experience with the public service that is being provided, it continues to erode the trust and it continues to erode the ability to communicate as effectively with each other. So a couple of items that we want to focus on in here is um, the SPD's chase policy, um, SPD search and seizure. Right now, they don't have an actual standalone policy, and that has been one of the areas where a lot of the community members feel discriminated against. And so the other thing is just in general kind of professional conduct. So those are some of the items that the commission is hoping to prioritize and really focus on as the year progresses. I'm going to stop right there to see if there's any questions on the actual work plan before just highlighting some of the 2022 recommendations. Do you have any questions from fellow council members? Actually, I do. Um, when we talk Remember about, I'm sorry. When we talk about communities' involvement and their say so regarding these topics, um, does the commission hold the data on how many people from what districts they reached out to discuss about whether it's public service, chase policy, search and uh, seizure? Do we? Does the commission? Keep a data on that, or is it, you know, a, a selected group of people that typically call in with their concerns? That is a fantastic question, um, Council Member, and it actually it's something that the mayor has tasked the commission to work in collaboration with PD to come up with a, a community input process for MEU. One of the things that we are hoping to do is through that process, it actually help outline some of the community engagement that will become a little more standardized for the commission itself. One of the ideas that just very briefly that we have talked about with PD has been right now they have uh, all of their command captains have monthly meetings with their the community groups. We are thinking instead of actually duplicating some of these processes, why not go ahead and start engaging the community through those venues? Obviously, we want to be respectful. We want to make sure that if they're, for example, happening in a police um, a police department or one of the police headquarters, that might not be the best venue for a lot of the community members. However, PD also engages community and will have these meetings in churches or libraries where we believe would be more neutral ground and more inviting to community members. So one of the things that we are trying to do through our MEU policy is create a community process that, again, is both um, in collaboration with PD and that can highlight how we can bring community together. Hopefully that can be the beginning of what our process can be moving forward. Great. I guess my, my question is, I, I know that the commission meets and individuals call in and have their um, suggestions or recommendations. Does the commission keep a record of where the calls or what districts the calls are coming from? Not names, just I don't, districts. No, that's in, in terms when the community is calling into our commission meetings? Yes. I don't believe we do. That is a similar kind of how com comments come in, and I don't believe they're recorded, but I can turn that question to the clerk. I think that, that would be something that i like to know. Like, what district is calling with the most amount of concerns when it comes to PD? Um, and the reason I ask that, like, I have my, we have our meetings with PD within my district, it's usually at, at one of the uh, community centers in my district. We've never had a, 
a meeting actually at a police station. Um, and the response has been phenomenal. So um, that's why, again, I think it's very important to see where, where the calls are coming from. Is it the same, um, your usual individuals that are calling in, or is it getting more diverse and expanding throughout the city? Is it focused only on one district, or is it all, you know, every district has the same amount of concerns? That, that's something that I think, as far as data goes, could be very helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Councilmember Vice Chair Maple. Thank you, Chair. And I know we are on a little bit of a time crunch with closed session, so I'll, I'll make this brief. But um, I just want to say, um, first, you, Graciela, thank you for this um, and for the work on it. And I think these are two really important areas of focus. Um, so I'm 100% I'm in agreement on, on these areas of focus. I think they're um, timely and important. Um, I especially am interested in the public engagement piece. I think that that's an area where we can do a lot of work internally, not just in our commission level, but as a city on how we're reaching people and that's certainly reaching people where they are, at their places of worship, at the places that they're gathering, community centers, all of that. Um, and just having that neutral ground is really important. So I'd uh, love to, to stay abreast of that as you continue on. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll leave it there. And then, uh, oh, on the recommendations, just really quickly, I know um, we might not have time to go into detail, but um, whatever format it ends up in, um, if it can just be formatted in a way that's really easy to read and see everything, like that would just be um, helpful for me and probably the public as well, because um, I, I'm looking at a few different documents and trying to figure out which one is, is what. And so that is the goal. <laughs> Councilmember Valenzuela. Oh. Yeah, and uh, to add on to that, because <laughs> um, there have been, and this might just be a point for further clarification with the commission and the department around what happened to all the earlier recommendations, because um, we had a lot. I, I really lost track, honestly, because we were trying to bring certain ones back that it seemed like everybody agreed on, and we just, it didn't feel like we were really clearing the deck of things very efficiently. And so I, I think there was over 100 recommendations mm -hmm. submitted before that I, I'm not entirely sure if they're encompassed in this document or if they're if they're still living in in the police department's analysis. So um, yeah, and so maybe that's something the commission, when you bring back your recommendations, you can include just sort of some, any outstanding items that you're waiting on from PD so that we know. And, and one of the things that I would like on the 2022 S or from 2019 to 2022 list of recommendations that it all is one document, not recommendation by ad hoc committee, because I don't want to be able to be like, who goes first? Like, you know, I'm okay if it's this ad hoc, like one of them has the top five and then the other ones have other ones. So, you know, that I think is really important. Um, before we finalize, wanna, are there any public comments on this? I have no hands raised to make comment on this item. Okay. So um, what I would love to do, because here's the thing, I think it's a new era. I know there has been tension on our, our Sacramento Police Review Commission. I, I would like to see if we can turn the page with having a work plan that we start finding ways to work in partnership. Uh, the city, SAC PD, um, our police commission. Um, I want to see a way that recommendations we can prioritize so that the council can start working on. We work really hard with our commissioners. We appoint people, and I think it's really important when people are volunteering their time, they know it's worthwhile. 
that that at least their voice is being heard. Whether we on the council agree or disagree with their recommendation, I think it is so very important that we at least have a process um, to move forward with that. So what I'd like to do uh, is if I can get a motion. Uh, oh, before we do, yes, Council Member Lolowe. Thank okay, you very and much, uh, Madam Chair. Um, considering we have um, the Chief Lester here, with your permission, I'd like to ask the Chief if she has anything to add to this or any, any yeah, comments come, about come this. Come on up, Chief. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. It's my first go around here at PNP, so thank you. And I think the work plan, honestly, is just a great um, suggestion and way to do this because for years we've worked with the commission, and I know uh, for the commission and for our staff, um, it's been a challenge knowing which, um, you know, kind of which priorities, I guess, to focus on. So I think the, the times that it's worked really well is when we all knew what we were working on. So I just wanted to give this body kind of an update and then also make a request. Um, on the recommendations, you know, I, I think you were referring referring to the June 2021 meeting, and I literally read for hours all of the recommendations. Those were recommendations that um, I had put together from working with Mario and the commission, um, and they only went through 2021. Uh, those went back to the commission. We actually brought several of them forward to council, and our goal at the police department is really to try and work through those recommendations so that we can do exactly what you've asked, which is to figure out which ones we've adopted um, and kind of clear them off the board so that the only ones that we bring back to this body or to council are the ones that we really need input on. And Graciela has been uh, wonderful. As a matter of fact, last year, she took um, all of the recommendations, and we're going back to 2018, 19, 20, 21, and then the 22 recommendations just came out, um, and took those back to the commission because they wanted to sort of further refine and clarify those to make sure that they gave us um, sort of the long list. And so um, Captain Marnie Steigerts is with our policy division, and it was just within the last month or two that we got sort of those revamped recommendations from the commission. So what we're doing now is we're breaking them down year by year. And one of the recommendations from the city auditor's office, um, who I saw in the audience, was to, instead of just having these on these long spreadsheets, to have a document for each and every recommendation with our response. Um, and, you know, whether the, the idea has been adopted, whether it's been modified, et cetera. I personally would love to publish those. Um, I know we're going to a new website, you know, so that's probably something down the road so that every member of the public can see what we've done and what the response has been. Having said that, there's a couple of things I just wanted to address because I'm still learning this process, I think, like all of us. Um, so some of the recommendations are not solely the purview of the police department. When we brought them forward in... I think it was the fall of 2021, we brought a small bank of them forward. Um, there were multiple departments that weighed in, police department, um, OPSA, the city attorney's office, and HR. And so that may be um, a, you know, a recommendation where it's not just us that needs to, to move forward, and we'll make that, I guess, sort of assessment and see if other departments need to weigh in. Um, so we'll do that. Um, I think the second thing is, you know, we've been working very closely. Um, I appreciate Graciela for taking the time to meet with me. Um, we spent 
spent some extended time talking about what the work plan would look like. So I had a really good general idea that we were going to be working on a couple of things. Military equipment use, uh, which we had talked about in the fall, and really having the commission help with community engagement very much within their purview. Had also talked about moving these recommendations forward, which we're currently doing. And then finally, accountability. I personally have brought up the issue of customer service and how important I think that is in law enforcement. Um, you know, and I'm looking for help in this area because it's kind of a new concept on how we provide service, how we measure that, um, what does good service look like. So there's a lot of things I think that we can do. Um, I just saw the, the work plan that was submitted with the staff report and then um, received document um, from the commission, and it just asked for some more detailed information. Honestly, looking at that, um, I just have some questions for the commission and would love in this process, if possible, to sit down with uh, Graciela, the commission, and just kind of clarify the request because my understanding is that's, that was going to be part of this process so that we come forward with the full package, make sure that the police department could support the work of the commission. Um, and I would just like to really clarify what they're looking for so we know exactly what we're going to be doing, how we're going to be supporting the commission, what our timelines are. Um, and then move forward. So my, my ask would be to be given an opportunity to do that, um, you know, as we have been doing to further clarify those um, prior to the adoption of the work plan, um, or at least be given that as um, an option. But I don't really know if it's, uh, you know, I probably would have to defer to, to Mindy in this process because, I, again, I am learning it too, and I do know this goes forward to council, so maybe that's the opportunity. But just having said that, I wanted to give an update on the recommendations, kind of where we were, and then to make that ask so we could further clarify the request to make sure that the data requests match what the work plan says and that we can back support it. So thank you for letting me come up and just... Uh, give a, a few comments on that. I appreciate it. Thank you, Chief. Thank you. And I apologize on my oversight. I meant to bring you up and just like... Oh, I know we're running so out of time. Thank you, so member. Thank Council you. Member Loloi. Uh, Councilwoman Valenzuela. No, I think, Chief, um, you bring up a really important point in terms of the dialogue. Um, and, and I think I... I know we talked about this in 2021 because one of the early commission recommendations was to require that there be a police department representative. Sometimes it's been someone from your department. Sometimes it's been the assistant city manager. I know at the meeting this month where this was approved, there was nobody um, from either department there. And so for me personally, I think that I appreciate the work you're doing with the chair. I also think that a lot of those questions and clarifications are the type of dialogue that should be happening at the commission, that the that you, we should be having the people in the room that can have that exchange so that it doesn't feel like it's this relay where um, we're asking, that that's what the commission space is for, I guess, in my opinion. And and so I, I hope that maybe that's something we can explore as we as we move into these, especially these near-term next steps, since there is going to be a lot. And I don't disagree with at least the city attorney's office weighing in, but if there's other departments, great, because some of these were policy decisions the council needed to make, which you all aptly said in your... Um, this isn't our. This isn't our call. Yeah, that's it. I'm done. Um, this isn't our call. Like this right. is your call, and so and that's fair because it's like we're not going to ask you to respond, obviously, on our behalf. But I guess that that to me is something that I think would be really important to, to institutionalize, especially in these next few meetings. And and if it's not your department, because I obviously understand things happen, at least having somebody from the assistant city manager's office there would be, I think, really helpful, so that you make sure you have a relay in that room who's able to say, hey, what do you mean by that? And have that discussion and and thank you um, because I think we do have to clarify through PP&E um, because in the creation of the police review commission uh, OPSA is supposed to staff it if that doesn't legitimately work that's a conversation that actually we have to come back with a solution for that so I think that I will 
kind of leave that up to the chief and the chair and Howard to kind of, and the city clerk's office, because while we all love Madam Clerk, you know, she is not necessarily, she is not a sworn police officer. She doesn't necessarily have the background. And I think on this, this one, we do need to figure out what's the best way on expert level to, to staff it and what does that look like. Um, so I think that's a longer conversation we're gonna have. Chief, I hope you're okay with today. I think it's really important that we approve the work plan. But one of the things I would like is for you um, and the chair to meet and talk about how does this all work out? Um, where is their priority in this? And if there are things that we need to address and potentially change in the work plan, that it come back. But I would like, because I know MEU is, is the number one policy that they want to get started on. So I don't want to delay that. I understand that. Um, I don't think the mayor wants to delay that. I, I don't, don't think anybody it. on the council <laughs> no. uh, wants wants to delay that. So um, I think we're probably pretty clear of what they're going to be working on right away as the number one priority is the MEU policy and outreach and then working with, with the chair. Um, I know, uh, Chair, you do have your hand up. So for last comment, just give you a quick uh, two minutes um, if we could have Graciela uh, make a quick Closing comment. Oh, oh mute. Muted. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I just also really want to highlight that um, I've been doing a lot of this work with the vice chair, and it is important to have representation as much as I enjoy working um, with everybody here. I am only one voice in the commission, and I think it is it, it would behoove all of us to make sure that the other members, the other 10 representatives of the rest of the city are also part of, of this conversation and are able to participate. Again, I will do my best to represent the commission, but I am only one voice. I think the, the value in having all of us in the commission is that we come and represent different parts of the community and voices and perspectives, and that is how the commission is powerful. So just really want to make sure that I'm elevating my other commissioners and the work that they are doing, especially the vice chair. And one, one final thing that I just for, uh, got, forgot to mention, I want to make sure that the MEU and some of the work that we have been tasked to do, not only are we prioritizing because we believe it's important policy, but it was also the direction of, that the council gave us on the September, September 13th meeting. Um, and so I just want to make sure that I highlight that as well. Thank you. This has been a great discussion. Do I have a potential motion to approve the work plan uh, with the discussion of some, some leeway with the chief on the other items outside if we need to come back and adjust and then the, the bifurcation on the 2022 recommendations? Moved. Moved by uh, second. Councilmember Valenzuela, second by Vice Chair Maple. May I confirm that yes. motion? So that was a motion to... Um, approve the 2023 work plan and have staff move that work plan forward to the city council. For yes. Approval. Yes. Sorry. I, I missed that last part of, um, but do, uh, are we in agreement or do we need to uh, call name votes? No, we're in agreement. We're in agreement. Awesome. So uh, any, any uh, public comments for items not on the agenda? I have no hands raised to make public comment for matters on the internet. Okay, I am really proud of us. This has been a really good meeting. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for working together. We are adjourned at 414. And I